Welcome to the Untold Podcast, capturing the culture's imagination through speculative fiction. I'm your host, Nathan James Norman. Today, as promised, we are proud to present the other half of the short stories from Kaleidoscope. Kaleidoscope is a collection of short stories from students around the state of Michigan, published by the Michigan Reading Association. Untold Podcast partnered up with Parker J. Cole from the Right Stuff Radio and the Parker J. Cole Show to make this show possible. Parker J. Cole is an author, radio show host, speaker, and executive of PJC Media Network. She writes Christian romance novels. And for speculative fiction, she writes under the name Parker Payne. As a radio show host, Parker showcases Christian authors worldwide on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. From Detroit to England to Pakistan, Parker loves to interview authors from all over. Visit all of her projects over at www.parkerjcole.com. This episode is going to feature a number of short stories from the anthology Kaleidoscope, a collection from young authors throughout the state of Michigan from 1st through 12th grade. Today's episode features contemporary stories. Please note that this is a PG episode, and the story Scared by Kayla Ramsey is upsetting, but be aware it did not come from the author's personal experience. So now, without further ado, the Untold Podcast is proud to present contemporary stories from Kaleidoscope. The Day I Went Up in a Hot Air Balloon by Olivia Hayes, second grade, Murphy Elementary, in Metamora, Michigan. The warm day of the hot air balloon launch, I woke up with excitement. First, I had to wait for my cousins to get to my house. When they got to my house, we played, and then we got in the car and drove to the fields where people launch their hot air balloons. When we got to the field, we had to wait for more people and for the balloons to blow up. When I was waiting for the balloons to blow up, I met a new friend. Me and my mom went to see if the balloons were blown up. The person that drove the hot air balloon said, It's time to go. Then we hopped into the huge basket. My mom was scared. I was too. The driver turned on the fire switch. I did not like the fire switch. Suddenly, we were off the ground and in the air. I looked all around. It was so pretty. The cars looked like toy cars. The buildings looked like dollhouses. The people who were watching looked like dolls. I was so, so, so high. I hope to go again soon. Friendship by Layla Williams, second grade, Adler Elementary, in Southfield, Michigan. Friendship is important. Someone should have your back. That is what friends do. I have a very special friend. Her name is Tyra. We were in first grade together and had the same teachers. We played together at recess. One day, we decided to play tag during recess. Tyra was chasing me. She was running really fast, as fast as a deer running in the meadow. You're it, she said when she tagged me. I love her as a friend. Tyra is funny. When I am sad, she makes me happy by telling me jokes. 
One day, while we were outside playing, she asked me, What's an apple that's not an apple? I answered, A pineapple, Tyra said. You are right. Tyra is tall like me. She has braces and wears a fancy ponytail. One thing I really love about Tyra is that she always smiles. When Tyra smiles, that makes me happy because friends make friends smile. If you are wondering how to make a friend, one way is to be nice to others and treat them with kindness. Farm Treasure by Annalise Gaithier, 4th grade, Schwarzkopf Elementary in Sterling Heights, Michigan. Evan and Sierra lived on a farm that was old, needed repairs, and was not very busy. Gosh, we need to keep the farm from going into bankruptcy, Evan said one morning. We need to think of ideas. Sierra stared at the ceiling thoughtfully. True, she said at last, but we're just kids, average, everyday 9- and 12-year-old kids. Evan shifted uncomfortably, then his face lit up. I have an area I'd like to show you. After they finished their corn-picking chore, Evan motioned for Sierra to follow him through the forest. As they sprang out of the bushes, Evan pointed to a cave and said, There! Sierra said disappointingly. <laughs> Big deal, it's a cave! Evan cried. Imagine all the iron for repairs around the farm, and maybe if we are lucky enough, gold! Sierra considered the thought of diamonds and rubies. Both ran off to get supplies for the dig. Evan retrieved a corn wagon for their findings, and Sierra sprawled out two shovels and three pickaxes, one close to falling apart. It feels strange doing this behind mom and dad's back, Sierra said. Evan had a torch in one hand and the newest pickaxe in the other. We should get started, otherwise we'll only have an hour. After that, they worked every afternoon. Some of their findings included cool colored amethyst and coal for the family farm. Then one extraordinary day. Rubies. Evan and Sierra shrieked over the two perfectly shaped rubies. Now it's time to tell mom and dad. The Beauty of a Dragonfly by Madison Weigand, fourth grade, Abelling Elementary in Maycomb, Michigan. When you see a dragonfly pass you by, you notice something amazing. You notice its beauty. A dragonfly's beauty is delicate. It's delicate because a dragonfly is special. A dragonfly is special because it has a look that's different. A dragonfly is different because it is an unusual kind of creature. Sometimes a dragonfly can make you feel happy, excited, or even special. Whenever you see a dragonfly, you should always nod your head and smile. You always have a special friend in the great outdoors flying by your side. You should never be afraid of a dragonfly. Remember, he's your outdoor friend. It's kind-hearted, loving, and caring. It will always fly by your side, for you will always have a friend outside. Never try to hurt a dragonfly, or else the beauty will die with it. It may just want to see you. It may just love you. A dragonfly is an intelligent creature. Dragonflies are different colors. They could be pink, blue, yellow, orange, green, purple, or maybe even rainbow. A dragonfly is loving in many ways. One way is that it will always want to stop by in your garden. A dragonfly may just want to make your garden look even more beautiful. 
Next time you see a dragonfly, know that it could be a special someone just flying by to say, Hi! Emotions by Miguel Dielka, 5th grade, Lighthouse Elementary in New Baltimore, Michigan. Goodbye, I said as I walked to our car, feeling the sadness go away. When Dad told me we were going to the hospital, I remembered seeing my dad's grandpa in the hospital. When I saw my dad, he told me that Donnie was diagnosed with cancer, which made me break into tears. I felt my throat not wanting to talk anymore. The tears passed after my dad said, they found the cancer early, so that means he has a great chance to survive. When I saw surgery pictures, I wondered, if this happened to me, what would I do? Will I be able to live on? I said to myself. Once I stepped foot in my dad's car to go see him, the day slowed down. Dad was joyful to talk about Donnie on our way there. All I did was listen to it. When we arrived at the hospital, my eyes were dry as dirt from the tears. Walking in the hospital was like holding cement because of the situation. When we opened up the door, Donnie was laying down on the hospital bed. Seeing Donnie in the position he was in made me look at myself from head to toe, his cuts on his stomach. Seeing it looked painful. We took him outside on a wheelchair to talk. Seeing him still with happiness put joy in the air. Then it was time to say goodbye. With tears in my eyes, I said, Goodbye. In the car, the world was saying something to me. With sadness in me, I looked back, seeing Donnie's smile. A Day with Donuts by Ava Gadert, 5th grade, Hamilton Parson Elementary in Romeo, Michigan. My brother, dad, and I were riding our bikes to the orchard down the road. My dad and I were happy because it was autumn. We love the crisp, cool air and when the leaves turn their vibrant colors. Are we really going to do it or what? My dad asked playfully. He always makes someone laugh even when they are sad. I guess so, I replied happily and started down our driveway. Hey dad, how many donuts can we get? One, two, three. My dad saw my puppy eyes when I said three. Maybe, he answered mysteriously. As we rode through the rolling hills, the sunlight fell gently on my back. Hey kids, we're here, my dad shouted. As we rounded the last corner, the wonderful aromas hit my nose with a powerful punch. I could smell the powdered sugar lightly dusted on top of the freshly baked donuts. Then there was the apple cider. Its sweet smell seemed to lift me right off my seat. As we got closer, our stomachs gurgled louder and louder. I guess someone's hungry, my dad teased. What flavor do you want? He asked as we parked our bikes. Cinnamon and sugar, we answered simultaneously. <laughs> okay, we each get two, and if you're still hungry, you can have one more. The first bite sent my taste buds soaring. It was a spectacular taste. The warm donut melted in my mouth. We devoured our last donuts and headed back home on our bikes. My first roller coaster by Lillian Natushko, fifth grade, 
Naldret Elementary in Chesterfield, Michigan. The Saturday before school started, we went to Cedar Point. It was my first ever roller coaster. I was so frightened. I was going to ride the blue streak. We were waiting for what seemed like hours. It felt like the clock was going to tick, wait three minutes, talk, ugh. It was such a sluggishly long wait. The beneficial thing was once one cart left, another came in, so we were almost always moving forward. As I was waiting in line, I was looking at the TV, which had Cedar Point trivia, then my light pink shoes back and forth for what seemed like a century. Soon, we get to the kind lady with bright blue eyes, a Cedar Point ruby red shirt, and a cute high ponytail in her hair. She holds a red and white striped pole to measure you to make sure you are tall enough to ride the blue streak. My heart starts going bump, bump, bump as we walk up. I take a big gulp as I walk up, but she didn't measure me. She just gave me a smile as I walked away. I feel a heavy weight lift off my chest. Then we get onto the steps and walked to the second to last line to get onto the ride. The next thing I know, the car is right in front of my sparkly blue eyes. The automatic shiny silver gates open as I walk through. Then my heart does that bump, bump, bump again. I am thinking to myself, what in the world did I get myself into? Now it gets real. We get into the cart. I sit on the right side. I buckle myself in and pull down the lemon yellow safety bar. Then they go over the uninteresting rules, blah, blah, blah. Then three, two, one, and we're off. We start to turn the corner with pine trees. Then we go up the hill, clickety, clickety, clickety. Here's the part where I start getting videotaped. Then I get a quick breath of fresh air as we rush down 50 feet at about 50 miles per hour. The light blue roller coaster flashes in front of my eyes as I hear people yelling, with their hands in the air. My head was also whipping around like a lasso. Then up and down the bumpy hill round and round. I was bumping up and down in my seat. Then there was a few more bumpy hills and at that point my face looked like an alien. I was terrified. Then we get to the end of the roller coaster. I take off the lemon yellow safety bar and unbuckle my seatbelt. I had so much fun on the blue streak. I can definitely see us going back in the future, and I will ride the blue streak again. I have reached my goal by riding a roller coaster I never thought I could. I hope that you enjoyed my story of my first roller coaster. Frozen in the Snow by Natalie Schlaud, 5th grade, Turrell Elementary in Metamora, Michigan. I was a downer. I was a goner. I was a horrible sledding downer. And that's what got me in trouble on that first day of December. It was a cold morning in December. I grabbed a sled and walked to the top of the hill. I scrambled into the sled and gave it a push. The path I had made the day before was now ice. I was slipping and sliding all over the place. I tried to stop myself by putting my hand down on the ice. <laughs> that didn't work. Instead, I ended up spinning down the hill. Ah, I screamed. I was sure that I was going to die, but then shh, I came to the bottom of the hill. I got off the sled and found my little brother, Nathan. He was crying like no tomorrow. Nathan had gone down the icy path. He had wiped out at the bottom, and it looked like he went face first into the snow. Nathan was laying in the snow, crying. Nathan, 
Calm down, I whispered. We can go inside and watch a movie. A week went by, and my mom did not let me explain what happened. Instead, I was grounded for a month because she thought I took my brother outside. And that is how I became a downer, a goner, a horrible sledding downer. And that is how I got in trouble on that first day of December. December by Jacob William Johnstone, 6th grade, Anchor Bay Middle School South, New Baltimore, Michigan. December is the month for family, love, and joy. A month full of laughter, giving, and receiving toys. Silver, gold, red, and white light up the sky on a cold winter's night. The sounds of December rush through your ears like soft snowflakes falling, so gently and clear. Giggles from children mixed with bells ringing. Santa's deep laughter and carolers singing. Candy canes, presents, glimmering lights too. Best behavior is shown for Santa's watching you. So quiet we are in awaiting for jingle bells. Our noses are filled with evergreen smells. A silent night followed by bright open eyes. The pounding of footsteps, gasping and cries. The happiness found is not only seen and heard, but a feeling so deep, an unspoken word. December is the month filled with magic from far. All you need is faith, imagination, and a Christmas star. Halloween Happiness by Sophia Labracue, 6th grade, Isaac Montfort Elementary in Shelby Township, Michigan. I rose out of bed. I couldn't believe it. Today was finally here. I threw on a t-shirt and ebony leggings. It was a windy, cold, and rainy October day, but not just any October day. It was Halloween! Ah, Halloween candy and excitement kept running through my mind all day long. I suddenly heard the familiar noise of the doorbell chime throughout my house. My feet carried me to the front door. I couldn't help but smile. My friend Katie peeked through the door. I turned the lock and told her how overjoyed I was. Mom, can we get on our costumes? I begged. Sure, she replied. The strong scent of rain engulfed my nose as I jumped up the stairs and clutched my costume. This is going to be the best Halloween ever! I yelled to my friend. We quickly changed, just as the alarm sounded. I looked out the window. Rain came pouring down. Do you still want to trick or treat? My mom questioned. <laughs> A little rain can't hurt anyone, I replied. The streets were bare. I was shocked that no one else wanted candy. The rain came down and the road was drenched. We did not care, though. We continued on. Finally, we were done. We lay on my living room floor and indulged ourselves into sugary goodness, reflecting on our night and the enjoyable time we experienced. Dyslexia Makes Me Dizzy by Emma Reich, 6th grade, Pierce Middle School in Gross Point Park, Michigan. As the words scatter on the page, my mind is Spinning, locked in a cage, dyslexia doesn't frighten me at all. As I ponder and write the word, it looks ridiculous, so absurd. Dyslexia doesn't upset me at all. 
As I read the passage, it looks way too massive. Dyslexia doesn't terrify me at all. As I try to decipher the book, maybe I will just overlook. Dyslexia does not disturb me at all. As I write this poem, I just long to be home. Dyslexia doesn't disturb me at all. Your brain reads left to right. My brain is a pillow fight. Dyslexia doesn't shock me at all. Writing leaves my brain in a tizzy. It makes me all confused and dizzy. Dyslexia doesn't scare me at all. As I tried to riddle and rhyme, my thoughts have gone completely blind. Dyslexia doesn't frighten me at all. Not at all. Not at all. Dyslexia doesn't frighten me at all. Sick Comics by Matthew Mitchell, 8th grade, Anchor Bay Middle School North, in New Baltimore, Michigan. As I grew tired of the toy on the floor, I reached in the box and find something new. I gaze in awe at the now familiar sheen. I love it. I rip open my newly discovered treat and grow more and more excited of what awaits. My tiny mind can only imagine what's in store. I'm anxious. I tear furiously at the plastic cocoon imprisoning my desire. I bite, tug, twist, and pull at the casing. Finally, there it is, a break. I pull the thin book from its wrap and take it all in, a brightly colored expertly decorated image is on the front. Superman in Action Comics. I lost it. Scared by Kyla Ramsey, 8th grade, Morley Stanwood Middle School in Stanwood, Michigan. Boom! Another fist on the table. Crash! Another thing thrown. Another fight. She pulls her brother away from the door. She doesn't want him to hear the yelling, screaming, and swearing that was happening downstairs. They climbed up onto her bed. She holds him close and closes her eyes. She starts to sing, tries to drown out some of the noise. She has mixed emotions. She feels sad, angry, and mostly terrified but does not show it to her younger brother. He looks up into her eyes, and she can tell that he knows something is wrong. Very wrong. She does not want him to be frightened, but how can she keep him from being scared when she is terrified herself? She does not know what will happen to them tonight. There are so many things that could go wrong. Her father was drunk, like always and he was always very violent after the fighting. The screaming quiets. She closes her eyes and prays, and prays that they will go back to bed. Just please go back to bed. But her prayers are not answered. She pulls her brother as close as she can and prepares for what's to come. She panics, her heart rate going up, up, when she hears the footsteps on the stairs. What It's Like to Be Homeschooled by Karma Coleman, 9th grade, Cyber Ed Academy, Unified Middle Virtual Academy, in Southfield, Michigan. 
Two years ago, I used to go to school at a public school, but my mom thought that homeschool would be a better option for me because I got caught up in a lot of problems in school. At first, I thought homeschool would be fun. I mean, why wouldn't it be? You're at home every day in your pajamas. However, it wasn't long before kids my age went back to school and I realized how much I was missing out on. <laughs> I am a social butterfly and love to share what I'm doing all the time, whether it be on social media or just with friends. When all of my friends were getting new clothes for school and posting first day of school pictures, it made me upset because I felt pretty left out. I wake up every morning at 10 to start my day. I eat breakfast and then I normally do work for about five to seven hours. My schedule is pretty flexible because I can do my hours whenever I want. Sometimes I don't like that though, and sometimes I do. It just depends on the day and what I'm doing. In general, I think it's handy to have a flexible schedule. Being homeschooled is really different from regular school because in school, everything is a schedule. If you're changing from school to homeschool, you probably won't be used to the dramatic change. It's much more freedom and you can do work whenever you want as long as it's four hours a day. When I first started homeschool, my focus was terrible. In total, I would do two hours a day. Dealing with teachers is so much different in homeschool. It's mostly emailing back and forth. Dealing with your peers is totally different too. There's not a lot of one-on-one -on -one interaction with them. I went from talking to people all day, every day, to only talking to people outside of my home for an hour or two. I didn't like that change because my friends and I don't have the same schedule anymore, so we can't talk to each other all day. So the socialization change is something I dislike a lot. With homeschool, there is a lot of freedom. You can wake up when you want, do work when you want, and even eat when you want. This is one of the things I love the most. It's not really rules when you're at home, but if your parents have house rules, that's a different story. The way I felt when I first started homeschool versus now has definitely changed drastically. Now I see it as I just need to get my work done and get it over with so that I can move on. I'm doing my work and doing it on time and I'm much more focused now. I got used to homeschool. This is my second year doing it and I'm kind of enjoying it. It's Such a Beautiful Day by Grace Alexander, 10th grade, Utica Alternative Learning Center in Shelby Township, Michigan. It's such a beautiful day. As the sun rises close to 7 a.m., the clouds are devoured in a dim gold color. A man in a dark gray suit stands in line waiting to get his early morning coffee. He gently caresses a pin that is placed against the left of his chest. He inspects the pin, even after he receives his drink. As the minutes go by, the expression on his face becomes more weary and distraught as he tries to hold back tears. The rush of the city in the morning refuses to stop for anyone, but some choose to simply ignore it. A young girl probably in her teens, strays far away from the highway traffic and the discorded din of anxious cars trying to get to work. She, just like the man from the coffee shop, sees how corrupt the world is. She sees what others do not. The way the colors of the trees changes right before her eyes. The way they seamlessly merge together 
trapping the forest floor in what seems like a never-ending darkness, like a claw collapsing in on itself. However, she refuses to let herself see the darkness in the world. Instead, she searches for the small openings in the trees because under the openings lie soft meadows which reveal the steady streams of light from the morning sun. The girl is so busy, loving the beauty of how the world around her, the world nobody else sees, is put together like a puzzle or an orchestra. She's so busy admiring these types of things that she forgets to admire herself. Instead, she compares herself to the world, and by doing this in her mind, she becomes worthless, selfish, ugly, and corrupt. A small tuft of fur from a newborn dandelion sits next to her. She examines it for a while and asks, Isn't everything amazing? The small seed replies by softly floating away, as if to agree with every syllable, every breath that left her mouth. She thinks about him as her eyes move over the trees. He's a soul she will never stop chasing. The man in the gray suit continues to dwell in the coffee shop. It's close to 3 p.m. now. He sits, still tracing every detail of his pen. He can't hold back the tears any longer. One by one, tears fall from his face. As they fall, he whispers, I will watch your life in pictures like I used to watch you sleep, and I will feel you forget me like I used to feel your breath. He too realizes that it's not people that are worthless, selfish, ugly, or corrupt. It's the world. The world takes the beauty out of people and puts it in itself. The world is selfish, ugly, corrupt. The Necklace Story by Davon Watts, 11th grade. Southeast Michigan Virtual Academy in Detroit, Michigan. There once was a boy named Sir. Sir was in love with this girl named Alva, but was too shy to tell her. As he sat at the lunch table amongst all his friends, he watched her as she talked with her friends. He gazed at her for a while, as if he could do it all day, but when she looked at him, he looked away. She wanted Sir to talk to her, but knew he was shy, so she never spoke to him. But that day, he was determined to talk to her. He stood up when she got up to leave and waited for her to walk past. But she was already talking to another boy. Sir walked away with his head down, thinking the girl of his dreams just got away from him. He sat in his room, looking in the mirror, trying to work up the confidence to talk to her. He sat in his room, looking in the mirror, trying to work up the confidence to take her from the boy she was talking to telling himself he could treat her like a lady and that he was going to marry her. He even told his mom. She always told Sir to treat girls with respect, but Sir would never listen because he was always thinking about Alva. It was almost Christmas and Sir had thought about the perfect gift to give to Alva and knew in his mind that she would love it. So he started the last day of November by adding all the money he had already saved. He had at least $38.55 and had to save up to $150 to get her the necklace that he was sure would make her want him. 
Sir shoveled snow for weeks and still didn't have enough money, but his mother knew all about his little crush. She wanted to help Sir get over his shyness and would tell him to just talk to her and she would have to say something to him and that if she doesn't, then she is shy too. Sir took one look at Alva and knew she couldn't be shy. He said that she talks to everyone and all her teachers like her. Even people out of the school knew who she was. All Sir's friends would talk about was the cutest girls in school, but Alva was never on their list. But to Sir, she was the list. No other girl could compare to her, not even his own mom. Two days had flown by, and it was the morning before Christmas, and Sir was sleeping when someone walked into Sir's room. They did not hurt Sir, but left Sir a present. Sir woke up that morning and saw the present. He opened it so fast the toy fell, but Sir wanted the necklace. Later that morning, Sir's mother realized that Sir was already wearing a necklace, and she told Sir. Sir wrapped the necklace up and ran it down to Alva, and on that day, Sir got his very first kiss. And those were our stories. I hope you liked them. Jump back to episode 61 to listen to the other stories in the anthology. Before we go, remember that... This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at christiangeekcentral.com. Please remember to join our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter, blog about us, leave us a nice review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us, support us on Patreon, and tell your friends. The Untold Podcast has been funded by Jason Brannon, Fred Heimbaugh, Clayton Webb, Jen Finelli, and Nathan and Casey Butler. And I'm Nathan James Norman, reminding you, whenever you see a dragonfly, you should always nod your head and smile. Does it go tick tock? Who enough, who enough can say?